The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. And now we're joined by Porik Horkin, he of the Horkin Garden Centre family, uh, to talk about autumnal gardening. Uh, Porik, good morning. A very good morning to you, Pat. Now, we've had very mixed weather, so I don't know where we are in terms of ripening of fruit, um, the, the picking of berries and all of that, and then yeah. maybe planting for the autumn. Yeah, well, we're coming into that, and, and the good news is, Pat, the weather is going to pick up as we go through this weekend, and autumn is always the start, actually, of the gardening season. It's the time when we get into a lot of planting of trees and shrubs and hedging plants, the sowing of new lawns, but also the planting of flower bulbs. So gardening, I always say, is about forward planning. If you want colour in at Christmas, January, February and March of next year, it's actually at this time of year that we plant for that. So we're planting our daffodils and snowdrops and crocuses. Your local garden centre will have them in at the moment and the weather conditions over the weekend are fabulous for planting all of uh, the winter and spring flowering plants. And even if you want to do up some window boxes, Pat, or some patio containers, again, this is a really good time as we come into the autumn flowering of heathers, winter flowering pansies and violas, cyclamen. All of those plants are coming in, in giving us colour right through autumn and winter. You mentioned fruit. It's actually been a great year for fruit, Pat. The, the ripening is a little bit later. You notice, notice the blackberries are just about ripening now um, as we come into early September. But it's been a great here for harvesting. I'm picking lots of apples myself. Yeah, we've loads of apples. I didn't do what I should have done on one of the trees and that was to take the small apples uh, off, reduce the number, because I've got hundreds, hundreds of tiny yeah. apples on the tree, all of which yeah, are very they, tasty, but, you know, yeah. I could do You're with bigger apples. You're better to thin them. Yeah, thin them about the middle of July. I think we mentioned that to take out. And, and naturally, trees will abort a certain amount of fruit in June, but it, it, we need it, they need a helping hand in July just to take out the, the small yeah. um yeah. And finally then, Porik, about uh, veg that you'd like to serve fresh from your garden at Christmas. What can you sow yeah, now? So, so again, this is a really good time to plant veg. And, and really autumn and winter veg, Pat, think of things you're going to be making the soups and the stews. So things like kale works really well, winter spinach. Winter cabbage is a lovely variety available at the moment called Pixie. It's a small little dwarf variety. You plant it at this time of year and you can use it then at Christmas time. Beautiful for two or three people in the house. Leeks, of course, work really well. Uh, Winter lettuce you can plant now. And you'll notice in your local garden centre that garlic and Japanese onion sets and shallots will also become available in the next week or so. So it's a really good time to plant uh, edible plants and also our kitchen herbs. So if you're using your sage and thyme and rosemary at Christmas time, this is the time to get it into the garden. Okay, now the question's coming in thick and fast. I want to put in a laurel hedge around the garden, but I'm surrounded by a livestock farm. It's not mine. I've heard that laurel is toxic for cattle and I don't want to make someone else's cattle sick. Is it best not to use laurel? What can I use instead? I want it evergreen, fast growing and relatively cheap. So please, (laughs) please don't say beach hedge. That's no, well, no, beech is deciduous. Well, it does hold on to the withered leaves, but it is deciduous. Laurel is poisonous, so the listener is quite right. Be very careful where you plant common laurel, because if cattle or horses eat it, particularly if they eat in abundance, it will. Uh, it's toxic and um, it, it will damage them. So something evergreen, grisselinia would be probably my choice if you want something fast growing cheap. And we're coming into a time of year, Pat, uh, particularly as we go into late October, first week of November, where we 
plant bare-rooted plants. So these are hedging plants, fruiting trees and trees in general. They come without pots. So we plant them in the dormant season. They're cheap to buy. So if you've got a big area to do, my advice is to leave it. Prepare the ground now. Get rid of the weeds and grass that are there. But leave it until the first week of November. Pop into your local garden centre and get some grisolinia. You'll buy it cheap as chips and it's a great time to plant it. I planted rowan trees last December, about four to five feet at the time. One tree has since reached over 11 feet and I'm concerned that it will be prone to wind damage as the stem is still very thin. Should I prune it back? That's from Vanessa. Vanessa, the answer is yes. And and rowan are one of our great native Irish trees. They're actually full of berries at the moment and a great source of of, uh, food and protein for our wild garden birds. So prune it back, Vanessa. You can take at least two or three feet off the top of the rowan tree. And as we come into spring of next year, give it a feed and you get lots of side branching and a far nicer tree. You should also prune up the stem. So rowan trees ideally should have a lollipop shape, a nice clean stem up to about five or six feet and then a nice fat head. So Vanessa should prune that plant pad back by at least two or three feet. Uh, This one, I have fungus gnats, I suspect, in a balcony raised bed. Nematodes seem to be the only solution, but they're no longer available in Ireland following Brexit. Any other solution? And if I move the plants to the garden, will the gnats then infect the garden? Well, gnats generally are, are attracted to damp compost. So if you're keeping your compost very, very moist, you'll definitely get uh, gnat flies uh, laying on the surface. Now, nematodes are still available, and I have actually some in my own garden centre. So if you give me a call after the programme, we can supply that listener with some nematodes. And this is actually a great time to apply nematodes. So if you have problems with wireworm or leather jackets in lawns or gnat flies, then the nematodes are a great answer, and we do have them in stock. They are available. Fred wants to know, what should I feed my lawn with now, and can I control lawn weeds at this time of year? Yeah, well, you'll often hear me, Pat, advising people not to spray for the dandelions and the daisies in the springtime and when they're in flower in early summer because our bees, our honeybees, are visiting them. At this time of year, of course, the uh, lawn weeds are out of flower. They're just vegetative growth. So if you do need to get rid of them, then this is a good time. You can apply something like Dicofar works really well to control broadleaf weeds. In terms of feeding, my advice, first of all, is to put on some of the zero to get rid of the moss because moss is creeping back into lawns. I did my own about 10 days ago and then put on an autumn lawn feed. Um, So a good quality autumn lawn feed will green the grass without making it grow. So it gives it a lovely green colour and that colour should stay up to Christmas. So an excellent time for the feeding of lawns, but also the sowing of new lawns. So if you need to repair a patch or you need to put in a new lawn, September is the month. I planted a large wildflower garden in the spring of last year. It was a great summer success with a mass of poppies and many other flowers. This summer, all I had was a mass of tall, strong daisies that took over everything. (laughs) So bad I had to cut them out of it with a slash hook. And now all that's left is a carpet of perfectly healthy daisy plants ready to go again. I am tempted to dig it all up and start again. Advice, please. Okay, so the trick with wildflower meadows is that they remember that they flower kind of midsummer right up to early autumn. Many of, them, many of them are producing their seed at this time of year, and you've got to get the leave the wild meadow enough time to for that seed to drop onto the soil to germinate for next year. So, first of all, I, I think the listener is right. Maybe redo the area. September is a great month for sowing wildflower seed. I often recommend look for a mixture that have a perennial mixture. Perennials mean 
mean that they come back year after year. So go for a perennial mixture. You can get some annuals and perennials mixed together and also plant some spring flowering bulbs. So underneath the wildflower seed, plant some daffodils, uh, things like alliums would be lovely, shinodoxia, crocuses, snowdrops. They will work really well because they come into flower in January, February and flower up until the wild meadow grass comes into, wild meadow seed comes into flower for the summer. So redo it. September is a good time, but use perennial. Now, this is an intriguing one. My six beautiful potted Japanese acers all collapsed at the same time in May of this year. After coming into foliage, as usual in April, then all the leaves fell off. And now each plant looks completely dead. They're all about six years old and have survived all previous winters without any problem. Before I get more, I'd like to know why they have died. And is there any hope at all as there's no green area when I check the lower bark? That's from Martin in Kildare. Well, Martin, if, if, if the Japanese maple, if, if the leaves or the stems are brittle and you can break them back, then the trees have, have perished. They're, they are frost-hardy paths, so it hasn't been the cold winter that has destroyed the Japanese maples. It could be vine weevil. Vine weevil is a pest of uh, container plants, so you, they physically eat the roots of the structure of the, um, the roots of the tree, and that would cause collapse. Remember that late May was also very, very dry, and as Japanese maples come into foliage, obviously they need lots of, of watering. So it was a dry period. But my sense is it could be vine weevil, which um, you know are notorious for eating the roots of many plants, particularly in containers, because the roots can't escape. So maybe take them out of the pots, have a look. Uh, but if they haven't come into leaf at this stage, um, you know they, they, they have passed on. They have passed on. Now, th- this one is about flowers for graves. Uh, please recommend plants for pots on graves to plant out now, ready for the winter. My mam wants to get plants that will last a frost. Oh, yeah. Well, there's lots of, many of the, most of the plants that you're planting at this time of year, Pat, will be frost hardy. I'm thinking of some beautiful autumn and winter flowering heathers, which are dead hardy. Irrespective of the weather we get, they flower really from now right through until spring of next year. You can also have winter pansies, winter violas will be lovely. Polyanthus, which stay low and, and, and uh, again will come into flower Christmas, kind of January, February. All the bulbs I mentioned, the dwarf crocuses, the little snowdrops would be perfect. Um, um, so the, pop into your local garden centre. There's loads of really good colour at the moment. Many of the alpine plants as well that we plant on rockeries do very well in graves. Things like Obrisha, Dianthus, they're available now for planting. So there's actually quite a wide range of plants um, available and they're all suitable for graves. So you're looking for something very low, carpeting and something hardy and there's plenty available. Corey Corkin, thank you very much for all of that advice. Well, now a reminder that our items from today are uploaded as podcasts, which you can listen to on the Newstalk app, powered by Go Loud. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on Newstalk.